my darling. Hello, my ragtime gal. It's Ross and Steve. You are listening to Joy Gasm, a video game and movie podcast. And Resident Evil is alive and well in episode 210 today, January 28th, 2021. We have a number of items on the to chat list, which are actually pretty interesting. Gaming news includes Marvel's Avengers and The Division 2 getting upgraded. Keanu Reeves' Cyberpunk 2077 sex mod removed. And Capcom sees record sales. Our topic of the day is the Resident Evil Maiden Village reactions, which you can fast forward to if you look at the timestamps located in the detailed section of your podcast provider below. Steve, how you doing? I am doing just dandy. How are you? I'm doing just dandified. Well, that's good. Oh, that's real good, Steve. I have been having a good time thinking about our first foray into video. Next gendom. Actually, my over here, yes. And video. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, so we, we have done a bit of a test uh, with some of the, the, the video gear that we've got. And we thought it'd be, it'd be actually be a great opportunity to be able to uh, record Steve. Uh, I'm there too, as his co-pilot, <laughs> but the resident evil maiden village demo became available on the PS five. And so I invited Steve to come over since he is our resident evil expert. He's our, our resident evil veteran. And we decided to do a live stream. And I also recorded it uh, with uh, one of our video cameras that we have here. And so it was a lot of fun to be able to put that together. And we did run into a couple of, you know, like, like, like little, um, hiccups, yeah, technical hiccups. One of which uh, I wanted to to share with all of the view. I was not aware of this, but apparently the PS5 has an internal mic in the console itself. And if you decide to live stream that on YouTube or Twitch, whatever, that by default this option is set to on. So if you don't have you know some sort of dedicated mic it will just default to this internal mic. And that ended up uh, uh, messing things up a little bit in the sense that the um, the audio track that I got from the YouTube video that was created from our live stream actually had our voices mixed in. And so it was weird because then when I combined that with the audio track from the video camera, then it was like this weird duality double voice thing. So anytime like Steve would scream like a little girl, then you'd hear it as if they were, they were twins. <laughs> I don't think I screamed like a little girl. I think I screamed more like Homer Simpson. Oh, there you go. You were probably correct. You're much more accurate in that assumption. Uh, but anyway, it was a lot of fun. We definitely encourage you to check it out. We have it posted on Facebook and a bunch of other places too, YouTube, that sort of thing. So uh, it is fun to check out. But... It was fun to have you back, and we'll, we'll talk uh, a bit more of that as we get to our topic of the day. But what have you been watching, Steve? What have you been playing you this know, Russ, It's been more of the same. Uh, we are still making our way. We're getting close to the end of season dose with The Sopranos. You know what movie is coming out this Friday, though, Russ? This Friday? This Friday. In theaters or on HBO Max or? Both. Ooh, I'm not sure. The Little Things with Denzel Washington. Not the big things? Not the big things, not, not the mediocre things. Not the fat things? Definitely not. Mm. Looking forward to that one, though. Not have, you seen the, have you seen the trailer for that? I, I don't... Uh, yeah, I'll you know what? No. Actually, I think I saw like half of it. Huh. I believe I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. I saw more of an elderly Denzel Washington yeah, for some well, sort of movie, you know. and I didn't really... like. I, I It was weird because I saw the, the, the second half, so I didn't know what the heck I was watching. We were actually going to suspend our HBO Max account because we are like, nothing's coming out that's really good. I mean, I, I own The Sopranos, so I don't need to pay extra for it every month. And then I was the account was going to stop on the 25th. 
And so, or, or excuse me, not, not stop. It was going to renew on the 25th. And so I had to stop it on the 25th. And so the 25th came and I hit cancel and it went, great. Your subscription will cancel on February 25th. What? Stupid. But wait, I thought that that was free for you since you were an AT&T subscriber. I couldn't find anything that has anything to do with it being free since I have AT&T. I will uh, get back to you on that, Steve. Okay. Because it'd be a shame if like you actually were to cancel it when in fact uh, you get to waive that fee, whatever that fee is. I, I don't know. The, the My credit card was charged. I don't know how they do it. It didn't ask me like, <laughs> hey, are you an AT&T person or do you have a promo code or anything? And I couldn't find anything on the internet. So I didn't, and when I set it up, it didn't ask me for any kind of like uh, promo code or uh, are you an AT&T internet? I think, I think, yeah, I don't know. I think you had to have AT&T cable along with AT&T wireless. Mm-hmm. And of course we don't have cable. Mm. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, apparently you're going to suspend. Right. Pretty much. So. Cheapo. Anyhow. Uh, no. So I've been playing just more Final Fantasy. Oh, we'll see. That's a good thing. And I am at that part. Um, I've actually bought a couple of swords. One of them actually is not actually a sword. It's a it's a bat. A million bad guys with swords. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that from Aladdin? It is indeed. Yeah. Your Disney intuition serves you well. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, Russ. Yes. Uh, I watched, I rewatched. And you watched again? Just once at my house, which would make it twice since I've seen it. Once here, once there. Three times later. The Mandalorian. Oh. Season one, episode one. Good for you, Steve. Uh, And I know you know that I've already seen it, but I thought that might be my me time show late at night. I know my wife's not going to be interested in seeing it. I mean, she might be interested in seeing it. But I, I was going to say, I, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't put it past her, Steve. Yeah. She may actually really like it. But I, I, for one, am tickled to hear that you are, in fact, getting your start into the world that is The Mandalorian. And it's like I mentioned to you before. I have spoken. The Exactly. <laughs> the the first two or three episodes of, of season one, you know, they're, they're establishing yeah. what's going on. Sure, Russ. Maybe they're, it's, it's, a, it's a tad teensy-weensy bit on the slow side. I can handle that. It grows on you, though. Uh, like a wart. It, no, like, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's the finest wart you ever did uh, see. Like a bunion. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it is so good. That, that, that show, like, like, by the time you get fully caught up, I'm going to be curious to hear your thoughts, mm. just because, to me, it's what... Episodes seven, eight, and nine should have been like in terms of like the storytelling, the pacing, the quality, the characters, the 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 realized world. I mean, that, there is a lot in that show, and you and you can tell like certain episodes feel more like for TV ish as opposed to like a theatrical film. Having said that, though, because it is in fact, it's basically it's like an episodic TV show. The thing could easily be a movie if you like you look at it for the most part. So what what are your initial impressions based off the episodes? You said you saw the first three episodes? No, I just saw the first episode by itself. But oh so I'm gonna be watching more, but I've just watched season one, episode one. Oh and uh you know it's it's definitely cool. So it this is not Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Correct. So that that's why the show is called The Mandalorian because there is a well essentially the the race or the species of alien of that, that is known as the Mandalorians. Then that's why you're you're being introduced. I can't remember you may you may have only seen well as you watch the show Steve. People referred him as Mando. <laughs> Mando. Uh but anyway, yeah, he he is not Boba Fett. But is they, he a clone? He, uh, well, no, I'll, I'll find out. He's no, he's, mm, I won't say anything. He's a man of the DeLorean. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's really cool because the show actually explores what the, the culture is of the Mandalorian race, which is really cool. Like, like it, it takes what kind of mystique that Boba Fett had, you know, cause he, cause huh. Boba Fett really wasn't, 
on screen that much Not in Empire that Strikes much, Back right? or Return of the Jedi. I mean, it was no. very few and far between. Far between yeah. But at the same time, it created that allure and that mystique regarding the character. This does a deep dive. Like, like mm. you're going to come out and you're going to be like, okay, this is actually pretty cool. I've learned a few things. Yeah. Do you think his ship looks kind of like the ship in the Outer Worlds? Yes. That's what I thought. Yeah, I, I too had that distinction of the kind of a similarity between yeah. the two. They don't, they don't look like carbon right. yeah, copy. No, but, right. but yeah, definitely like there is kind of a, hmm. Like I do think the Outer world ship is bigger. It's, right. a, it's a larger ship, but yeah. yeah. I loved the first episode because it, it showed how much of a badass the Mandalorian was. I mean, he does not, he doesn't deal with BS. He is no one to be trifled with. And there's a whole lot more of that, like in the, the seasons that you're going to go through there. I mean, he's got so man, such skill. Are we going to find out he's actually the star Wars version of dog, the bounty hunter boss? He's going to take off his helmet and have a big mullet and a beard. No, no dyed that, beard. Very dark. That would be space ball, Steve. <laughs> be completely different. That's Mel Brooks, not George <laughs> Lucas. I'm just saying dog, the bounty hunter. No, uh, Mandalorian could happen. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. Anyhow, so yeah, I'm uh, later on. I'm, I'm like I was saying, I was playing Final Fantasy. I'm stuck in the arena, and I knew this was part. This part was going to happen, and I'm like, like yes, F this, I'm going to go watch the Mandalorian. Patootie. <laughs> and so yeah, I'm, basically, I'm at the last bit. That's the the boss fight of this. Like every every person you face is a total pushover, and then there's like this hell house at the end, and the thing's like impossible. Like, it's great. like Resident Evil, just all tidied up into this house that doesn't die. Uh, so anyway, I have a few tricks up my sleeve. I'm gonna try. I forgot how. I'm- it took me a few tries too. Don't don't feel like you're the only one because. Yeah, the, the difficulty all of a sudden out of nowhere gets ratcheted up. You're like, what the heck? Yeah. Anyhow, that is basically what's been going on with me. What about you? Excellente. Well, it should, it, it should come as no surprise to you, Steve, because I have been talking about it endlessly, but I have been dumping much more time into Cyberpunk. Um, what's interesting is that I, I've been going back and forth between the PC version and the Xbox version, the PC version, I still have my Street Kid character that I beat the game for the first time with, and I've been going around trying to tidy up all the loose ends. And I mentioned this, I think, last week, but there um, is a part of the map itself. Like I, I didn't really understand how to filter things out in the map for the longest time, and then I realized, oh, like there are all kinds of crimes in progress. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's, I, I really did that. We're like, I, I couldn't believe it, and I, I didn't um, know at the time that when I decided to go into the in-game portion that, you know, at, the, at that point, I had done all the side quests, I'd done all the gigs, I'd done all the main quest stuff, so I thought, okay, I'm good to go. I'll just, because I, I want to be a completionist. Well, all of these um, crimes in progress type stuff was there. And I'm telling you, I'm still not done tidying all that up. Like I keep going around the world and then there's still more stuff. And it's not just like the crimes in progress, but there are also like a lot of these uh, various like golden question marks. Like if you mouse over it or if you, uh, right. you kind of hover over yeah, it, sure. it'll say like, oh, who knows what you might find here? I'm like, dude, I like that had that wasn't listed in the list, so I had no idea. So it, it's actually been um, this kind of newly discovered joy that I've had with the game. So definitely nice indeed, Steve. Good enjoying that for yeah. sure. I also watched with my daughter Wreck It Ralph one <laughs> and two. Did you? I know you saw the first one, right? I saw the second one. The second one had to do with like the internet and spam and okay. stuff. Yeah. Okay. It had been a while since I had seen it, and I couldn't remember if you had seen both of them or not. But that was her first foray and introduction. She is hooked. She loves Wreck It Ralph, and she loves Wreck It Ralph 2 even more than one, which is just nuts. So 
that whole thing is really cool. She definitely loves seeing a, different types of uh, video game characters that she's recognized from playing uh, just the, the regular video games. So, of course, Sonic is one that, that she instantly uh, pointed out. But she loves Ralph. She loves um, uh, Penelope, I think, is, is the character's name, who's the glitch from uh, Candy Rush. So she's she's been enjoying that a lot. I actually forgot how much I enjoyed it. Those are some fun movies for sure. I think I prefer the first one over the second one just because the first one is predominantly about video games. The second one is an interesting approach to them going into the internet and that sort of thing, but it does kind of get away from gaming, which I feel like that's kind of the, the, the kernel of the Wreck-It Ralph world. And so if they end up doing a third one, it would be nice if they... they were to figure out another story to tell from the gaming side of things. Other than that, though, uh, I did watch the latest episode of WandaVision. Did you watch uh, episode three, Steve? I have not watched that. I, I saw that it was out. I have not watched it yet. Okay, so episode three, I won't give any spoilers away okay. for you, uh, but I will tell you that the episode takes place in a different time period than the first two episodes. <laughs> And, and as a result, the presentation of how the sitcoms were during that time period are represented in this episode, which again is distinctly different from episodes one and two, which were much more of the black and white, leave it to beaver, I love Lucy type sure. things. So more, um, one other thing I will tell you too, since you haven't seen it yet, is that there, there, there are more instances of this weird kind of like, duality that's going on like like on the one hand they're they're in this uh sitcom kind of thing but then the people who are in it have these moments of like where something's not stirring the kool-aid quite right or whatever yeah i had kind of a an epiphany of sorts i realized that i think the truman show is somehow like like you know the idea behind the truman show with jim carrey remember that old movie yes I have a feeling that that, that, that movie kind of sort of plays into like what they're dealing with. I can't, yeah. I still am trying to like put all the pieces together, but I, for some reason that movie came to mind where like, if you recall um, Jim Carrey's character, he's like, he, he doesn't realize that his whole life is like being broadcasted and people are watching him rooting for him and all this other stuff. And then he, re then he does find out that, Hey, his whole life has been, this this fake sitcom TV show kind of thing. I, like I said, I don't think it's going to be exactly like that when it comes to WandaVision, but I think it might be in that same vein. Something along those lines, Steve. I hope it doesn't get all the way to the end and then you figure out that, yeah, like let's say that that does happen and then it's the end of the season and it's like, okay, you got to wait till next season for it to really get good, you know, Game of Thrones style or something. Yeah. You know, I, it's got to start to pick up pretty soon. I mean, why do we have two superheroes now in the third episode who aren't doing superhero stuff? Yeah, and it's it's interesting. There are some big developments, though, that occur in episode three, and episode four is, I think, going to drop tomorrow. Hmm. So I'm curious to see what the, the next uh, kind of, like, sitcom type of uh, environment they are going to replicate next. So other than that, uh, the only other thing that comes to mind that we were doing this week is that uh, Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time, we did our Joygasm uh, gaming night, and we did Overwatch, where, man, we did really horrible that night. Like It was like 50-50. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it was more like 30-70. <laughs> like, we won 30% of the time, and we lost like 70% of the time. It was, I remember even commenting to you, I'm like, have we won a game yet? Like we keep losing, which we had one, one out of like well, how many? At that moment, we only had one, <laughs> one. Yes, we had lost like five and one, one. Great, that's <laughs> fantastic. Still a fun game though, and the maps um, have been a lot of fun for us to play recently, just because there have been a number of maps that we haven't checked out. Also, I wanted to get your opinion on the team deathmatch. Sure, match. what's that, Russ? Well, if you stop interrupting me, you would hear me. What's going on with it, Russ? Oh, well, what did I just ask you, Steve? I don't know, Russ. <laughs> Shut up, Steve. <laughs> 
I wanted to know your opinion on the team deathmatch mode because we really don't play team deathmatch in Overwatch. We tend to either do capture the flag or we do the the whole like, you know, oh, you know, push the payload. But the team deathmatch thing is something that is kind of relatively a, a rarity in our our case. So but did you did you enjoy yourself? Yeah, that I didn't really care for the team deathmatch. I I just don't it's just not my bag of my my bag of tea, Russ. Well, which is interesting because, like, when you played Halo, you love Team Deathmatch. Sure, yeah. Every, well, a because there's a lot more people on the map, and the map is bigger, and to me, it's cooler. Um, I just didn't really like in both of those aspects. The maps were smaller, and the teams are smaller. Um, I mean, maybe if it was six on six, it would be cool with you know with no payload and no you know King of the Hill get the zone kind of thing. I just didn't care for it. Hmm. Well, color me surprised, Steve. I thought hmm. for sure you were enjoying yourself. I, I actually thought it was a nice change up from what we were doing because I, th I think for me, I get used to the idea that Overwatch is like, oh, it's the whole payload thing or it's the ter territory thing. You know, the kind of more of the, the main bread and butter of the title and so when we went to that, I was like, oh, wow, like this, I had to kind of change up my mindset, my strategy, because I was so conditioned to like do the other stuff that it was a nice change up for me to be able to go into that. I also started to play more as Echo. And if you recall, as we were playing the game, uh, I even made a comment about like, wow, I should really get back into checking Echo out. And I'm glad I did. Echoes are actually a really dynamic character. It's pretty interesting how she's designed. And I think, I think she's well balanced. Honestly, I think there are certain mm. things about her that, um, really can, can dazzle you. But at the same time, she's not, I, I don't feel like she's overpowered. I feel like, like there's a nice balance in there where like I would be able to get certain kills that were very fair, but at the same time, if I overextended myself, then I would get killed myself. And so it, I was I was digging it. I'm gonna have to play around with it a bit more, but it she is clearly like like Diva's antidote. It's crazy. Like certain characters, she can really rally against hard. And then there are other characters that like she is absolutely weak against and just gets uh her digital booty handed to her. <laughs> digital tush. <laughs> into some good old-fashioned gaming news. Marvel's Avengers Hawkeye content, PS5 and Xbox Series X versions to be shown next month. So Marvel's Avengers Next War Table will take place on February 16th of 2021. It will be showcasing both the Hawkeye character and the delayed PS5 and Xbox Series X versions. It was announced by Marvel's Avengers on Twitter. Hawkeye and his operation, Hawkeye Future Imperfect, will be the next big free DLC content to be released following the arrival of Kate Bishop and her new operation taking AIM, of course, the acronym AIM makes sense in the Marvel lore. Square Enix and, Mar and uh, Crystal Dynamics had planned on having the PS5 and Xbox Series X and S version ready earlier, but they were delayed, quote, to ensure that we give our team the time to deliver a next-gen experience showcasing all that this game is meant to be, end quote. Now, what's interesting, Steve, is that you and I have not beaten that game. I know that you're farther along in the title than I am, and I feel like this is kind of a blessing in disguise for us just because, I, you know, I'll, I'll speak for myself, like, I got somewhat into the game, but, you know, just enough to get a taste for it, and I feel like now that they're actually going to be confirming a, a proper upgrade for the next-gen systems, that it is going to be fun to be able to check it out because it won't just be limited to like an increased frame rate from 30 frames per second to 60 frames per second, but I'm very curious to see what the graphics fidelity is going to be with this. Not to mention, I, I've heard they've been able to add more content, fix some of the little, little bugs. The game really wasn't buggy when it came out. It was just, I think... From a gameplay perspective, it was it, it kind of got a little tedious after a while. It got way tedious after a while. I'm thinking, 
I, I mean, I don't want to play it until I have my PS5 because as it stands right, I mean, nothing's really going to change except for the way it looks, honestly. Yeah. And the way that it's playing right now, it's it's very tedious. And I don't really see myself playing through it again, like a second time. So I figured where I am right now, if I could play it again, well, not, not, I mean, continue off where I am right now, not play it again, but continue off where I am. But in the next-gen graphics and HDR and whatever else they have to offer, I think that's how I'll complete it. Well, and your birthday is coming up. You tell me that, like, every week. I I am glad you are looking forward to it. I am looking forward to it, indeed. I'm excited to see my brother from the same mother turn another year older, and I can't think of a better time for you to get a brand spanking new PS5 or an Xbox Series X, Steve, for that matter. Then at that time period itself. But uh, yeah, and I will say this too. Marvel's Avengers graphics were already impressive. Like I remember playing through the levels and talking to you about it thinking, saying, man, like this is, this is, this game is a looker. It looks really good. It's just, I think the main issue that we both have is that the gameplay needs to kind of get revisited a bit because like we were saying, it, it, it tends to get tedious pretty quick. So we'll see what happens. Now, another title is also getting a next-gen upgrade, and that is The Division 2 from Ubisoft. Apparently, this particular upgrade is going to happen next week, uh, and it it will receive an update uh, bringing 4K resolution and 60 frames per second support for next-gen consoles. So while there won't be a state of the game this week, uh, there is a title update coming to The Division 2 on February 2nd which will, of course, bring the aforementioned updates and upgrades to next-gen consoles, as well as even the Xbox Series S. So don't feel like you're left out in the cold if you have one of those systems. And again, this is a blessing in disguise because I bought The Division 1 and 2, but I never got around to playing them. So being able to actually play The Division 2 with these upgrades, it's like a bonus. It's like, okay, cool. What were you going to say, Steve? Must be nice just to go out and buy games and never play them, Russ. <laughs> just throw them on the shelf. <laughs> I don't have any money. I don't know why. Huh? You buy all these games, let me play them. I'm so broke, but so happy at the same time. Keanu Reeves, Cyberpunk 2077 sex mod removed. CD Projekt Red clarifies stance on modding models of real people. A Cyberpunk 2077 mod that allowed players to swap models and have sex. Lots of hot sex with characters based on real-world likenesses such as Keanu Reeves has been removed. The mod let players swap characters into explicit sex scenes who usually shouldn't be there, such as Keanu Reeves' Johnny Silverhand and my personal favorite, the game's antagonist, Adam Smasher. (laughs) This is so weird. In a statement issued to Eurogamer, CD Projekt Red said that they broadly permit modders to, quote, tweak the game at will and have fun, end quote, when it comes to the characters the studio has created for the game. But for the characters based on real people, the studio is taking a different stance. Quote, when it comes to models of real people whom we've asked to participate in the game, we kindly ask you to refrain from using them in any situation that might be found offensive if you don't have their explicit permission, end quote. So I looked this up on Reddit and it is, it's true, like for the, it's for the PC version only, but uh, modders have been busy doing different things. And actually there have been quite a few mods that have come out that actually make the game even better than it is. But this one in particular, it's like, guys, you're getting a little carried away here. They've been busy getting busy. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Um, So I I respect this decision as it's like, guys, come on. If if, if, (laughs) you can't be like putting actual real people in the world who are in the game into these situations, it's just, uh, it's not, not, it's not kosher. It's not, not a good thing to do. Finally, Capcom has some good news. Sees records Q3 profits thanks to Monster Hunter and Resident Evil. A press release from the company states that net sales for Capcom are up 22.6% and operating income is up uh, 32.2% year over year. Net sales amounted to a healthy 64,867 million yen 
putting the earnings per share of this company at 164.15 yen, up from the 122.39 yen in 2019. This covers the period of uh, April to December of 2020. During the uh, third quarter, Capcom experienced growing sales of Resident Evil 3, which released at the very start of the financial year in April of 2020, and now hit 3.6 million sales. Meanwhile, 2019's Monster Hunter World Iceborne continues to sell well in 2020 and now has topped a cumulative 7.2 million units sold. So definitely a big congrats to Capcom on their financial success. And that is your gaming news, Steve. It's pretty and it's deadly. It's time for the topic of the day. Topic of the day is the Resident Evil Maiden Village demo impressions. This was a demo that got dropped last week. And I must say, why, why, why are you looking around all? I heard something out there. Well, it's probably just your PTSD from playing the Resident Evil yeah, Village probably. demo there, Steve. Uh, but anyway, it dropped with the idea of being able to give everybody a little tasty taste of what is to be expected when the game releases, which is surprising because I actually thought this game was going to be released in February. Hmm. And actually, it's I think it's scheduled for May 7th. That oh. is the release date. Hmm. So it's kind of a ways out. Probably not the game people wanted to buy on Valentine's Day, Russ. Well, the reason I say February is that typically we're around the January, February time frame. I believe is is when they launched the Resident Evil 2 remake and the Resident Evil 3 remake. It's in that both have been released in that first quarter. So I was anticipating, well, let's make it kind of a, an ongoing tradition of being first quarter. And it's not. It's, it's, it looks like it's getting punted into the second quarter. Hmm. So this was a lot of fun for me personally because it brought me back to the good old days of when we lived at mom and dad's place and mom and dad, you were the resident evil player of the two of us. Yeah. And so every time you got a new sequel, mm -hmm. it was just fantastic for me to grab a drink and a snack and sit down and watch as you play it. Blowing up zombies, little polygonal blood spurting everywhere. Absolutely. That's right. It was. It was definitely really, really fun. Really, really memorable. So I, I guess, what did you think of, of the demo overall, Steve? Well, Russ, I think I need to mention, I just need to point out the pink elephant in the middle of the room. Point it out, Steve. Is, is, it, is it an undead I, elephant, I'm trying to tell you. Is it an undead elephant, Steve? No, it's not. Can it be an undead elephant? <laughs> That'd be pretty scary. <laughs> Sometimes these games do this where, and, and, and Resident Evil does it a lot, where they say very early on, like in the beginning, before the game starts, they say, okay, with the whole pattern thing where you adjust the light and you're trying, it says, oh yeah, make it darker until you can barely see the pattern and whatever, whatnot. Oh, that's sure. That's a bunch of malarkey. Bunch Russ, of malarkey, that's a he says. bunch of malarkey. And I'll tell you why. Because when I played Re the Resident Evil 2 remake here, uh, and we made it very dark, I kept on saying, like, dude, I can't see what I'm trying to be looking at here. And then you're like, oh, I'll just turn the brightness up on the TV. And then so we're always trying to compensate. And then when I went home to my place, I made the overall settings of the game brighter, and I wasn't straining my eyes whatsoever. Are you telling me that you replayed the demo at your house, Steve? No, Russ. Oh. But when I play the demo here, it asks for the same thing. And I found myself straining yet again after we're reading the instructions of, you know, do this, 
lower the light till you can barely see the pattern, and that's how you're supposed to play the game. And now I'm straining like, I guess I'd be really scared if something like ran up right now because I can barely see what's in well, front of it, me. Well, it could be that that is the intention of the developers. Yeah, team. but that's, that's maybe that's, that's how they want to present their game to that's us. That's lowering the fun value because I, I I feel like I'm, I want to strain when I'm playing the game. I want to have fun. Oh, Steve. Oh, Steve. You did have fun. You had I a did, very I time. did have fun. I would have more fun if I was straining less. <laughs> oh, you poor unfortunate soul. Right. Continue, Steve. Anyhow, uh, despite that fact, I mean, this was my first uh, next-gen playing you know, game. Uh, that I've, I've, besides the little PS5 I demo, I, I was going to say, technically speaking, I mean, that you did play a game uh, on next gen. That doesn't really count yeah, all that built for the PS5. No, that was just like a test to kind of break you into the, how the controller can work. And well, that wasn't really a camera. Uh, this is <laughs> like the, guy who played like one level. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's not, okay, whatever. <laughs> I this, played the game. I beat it. Great. That's awesome. Uh-huh. But did you did you pay 70 bucks to get the game or did it come with a console no, just to introduce you how to use the controller? It came with the console. Right. It, it, it served as a means to be able to demonstrate things the controller is capable of. Right. But that wasn't the only purpose. It was actually a really well thought out little uh, mini game there, Steve. That's nice. Anyhow, this was my first like official playthrough of a next gen experience. <laughs> and I loved it. Oh, there it is, ladies I and gentlemen. I had a great fantabulous time with it. I was blown away. I I this looked like how you always wanted the Resident Evil game to look from Resident Evil 1, like the OG. When you're walking around all this pre-rendered, you know, backgrounds and whatnot, of course, you look crappy because you were like 32-bit and polygon or whatever. <laughs> well, wait, like I was blockhead. I got to pause you, though. What? At the t- at the time. I know, at the time. We great. were blown away. I know, at the time. Right? I, I mean, it, it was yeah, one of those I things know. where, like, you know, you said, what you're saying right now is what you were saying back in the day. Right, but... There was still a contrast between the background of like the, the mansion right. of Resident Evil and right. your little polygonal self. Right. And so I remember us saying like, okay, at some point, the game is going to look this good in the future. Like they were to have these little cut scenes of like the hunter who was like uh, running up the ladder and you're like, oh crap, some monsters rooming really quickly and about to, you know, tear my head off sort of thing. And, I, and we remember us talking, saying, what if the game actually looked like this? Yeah, it went from having static rendered backgrounds into like real-time 3D environments. Exactly. And so now we look at it and you're in like this kind of mansion and it looks, I mean, it doesn't look like it looked back then. It looks way better. And I, 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 I was, I was pretty awestruck. Well, good. Uh, and I, I could tell too, even from the, the video recording that we did of the live stream, um, it was a lot of fun to document your reaction to that. And mine too. I mean, we, we, I was saying things about it too. Like, wow, that's really pretty. And then in a very survival horror kind of way. Yeah. Although I will say, uh, I mean, the, I, the game has to be different than this. And like, there was no knife. There was no gun. There was no weapon to defend yourself. Well, you know that it, all of that will right. be right. So the way the demo was, the, my, my gut reaction after I left was like, you know, how, how, how was that? How could I describe it to somebody? And I thought if you were, if, if Resident Evil and the old game of Mist on PC mm. were to have a baby, this would be it. An unholy baby. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it, I think they were actually wise to not include any weapons in the demo. Be just because you feel that much more vulnerable as you're playing through it. You're playing through a brand new Resident Evil title. You don't know what to expect. You you have no means of defending yourself. I don't even think that they had activated the block ability. Apparently, there, I think there's like some sort of new way of uh maneuvering and blocking uh, different zombies, that sort of thing. But anyway, I hope zombies aren't even in it. I hope zombies are a very small part. Well, and I think you are 
going to be happy about that because I think in this iteration there may be like like some zombie action going on, but it, it at least the way they're marketing it, it looks much more in the vein of like witches and vampires and werewolves, like a lot more of the other sure. supernatural characters, which I'll, I think is great. I'll take it. Yeah, I, it doesn't. I mean, Resident Evil doesn't have to always be zombies. Right. I, I think that this is actually uh, a really nice departure from what we're used to. Yeah. If Resident Evil wants to continue it, it its identity, it, it cannot stick with zombies or else it's going to die. <laughs> um, <laughs> so departing from that and doing and vampires and or werewolves or both or who, you know, whatnot, that, that is a welcome relief. The graphics itself. Let's, let, let's talk about the graphics. We've made little side comments here and there, but I think what is especially impressive about a title like this is you can tell where next gen is going. And I think that that's a very exciting thing because up until this point, we haven't really played games that are built from the ground up to be the the next gen experience. We've seen a lot of backwards backwards compatibility with uh, previous titles that already exist and everything else. And so it was really nice. And I know we commented several times we were playing the, the fidelity on the walls. I know like with like the brick as well as the, the wood on the stairs and the, and the, the details, the, the, yeah, the marble floors, the, the gorgeous chandelier. What I find actually pretty fascinating about this game is at least half of that demo you're in a beautiful mansion. Like, right. like it is a beautiful space, but at the same time, it creeps me out. And I, I'm trying to like figure out why that is because you, you walk around and you're just like, my goodness, this is like a pretty swanky pad. But at the same time, it's that whole like, Oh, did you hear something? I think I heard something. Oh, what's behind there. Okay, yeah. Time. You know, and it's just, it's the funniest thing how you could go from a dank, dark dungeon which has all the different fixings of what would creep somebody out. But then you, by that point, I think you're so amped up from being in the dungeon that when you get in this nice space, you're kind of like, ah, this is freaking me out too. <laughs> Speaking of the sound, the sound you could definitely tell took a, a notch up. I mean, when the last resident evil, you know, we, we played and I haven't played them all through three, but it's the same engine. It's the same sound. Uh, like with the heavy footsteps and whatnot. Uh, this is definitely clearer. Um, you know, the next level, the, the the sound, the footsteps. If they're on a hard surface like tile, they have a little echo to them. You know, if if it's like a like a high heel, you know, and a and a you know click click sort of thing, uh, or it's a thump with the carpet. Uh, you can definitely tell how heavy that footstep was. There was some of that with the last game, but this was the next level up and it definitely added some action, you know, depth when you're wandering around in that little dungeon and some of the bodies start falling around. <laughs> you, you you yelled at one point, like, like you had some sort of body sack fall from the ceiling. And you're like, oh crap or whatever it was you said. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, you, yeah, you're vulnerable. You don't have a weapon and then you don't know if something's in there hiding. And I'm like, I don't want to die yet. You know, this, isn't gonna, <laughs> this thing is live. I got to live. And so, yeah, when I start hearing footsteps and, and I can't see what's really going on. Oh, yeah, it was a bit startling. What was your favorite part of the the demo itself? I think the fav- my favorite part was when one of the antagonist women says, "I'm watching you," and I thought that was so clear. It was almost like in my head clear. Uh, and then Pretty I creepy as I went downstairs and she came through that door and she zoomed right up to me. Yeah, that that was intense, wasn't it? That was nuts. I mean, the w- it was. I w- I would figure that would be a cutscene mm. where, uh, you know, you would you would expect to see the letterboxing on the top and the bottom of the screen because uh, they have to kind of compress everything to make it look a little bit better. But no, that all happened <laughs> in game and. 
I was like, wow, okay, is she going to talk to me? Is she going to bite me? Is, what is she going to do? I don't know. I can't defend myself. So what's going to happen? Well, and I could tell that you were a little in shock because when you were playing the game, um, you really weren't taking evasive action. You were kind of like in horrific awe of what was going on and and she ended up biting you that first time and i remember kind of egging like steve you gotta go move <laughs> you know you, you were kind of petrified there for a moment well i couldn't really like there's no real run button there's a move yeah but there's no run and like you you even stood there and looked at her after she bit you and she was wiping her mouth i'm like steve go <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> then she took another chomp out of the back of you when you were making your way. But uh, yeah, no, I agree. I think that again, it, it's a, it's a great example of how we've been conditioned when we're playing resident evil games to expect zombies. And she is clearly not a zombie. She's something else entirely. And it really does change up kind of the gameplay makeup of what you expect in a resident evil title. And so she is much more agile. The, her ability to appear out of like, I don't know if it's like mist or insects or something. I mean, it's, it's something like some sort of plague or bats uh, or something. Yeah. I don't know something. Yeah. It, it was, it was, it was really cool looking, but definitely changes things up. And, um, so that, that, that was your favorite part is when she appeared? Yes, that was my favorite part. One thing I also noticed, and this is this was making me think of Ghost of Tsushima, was the the breeze that was coming through the, the window in that last little room on the bottom, on the ground floor. And when you think of breeze or wind in a game, it, you can tell where the lines are drawn. And, and it's fine. It works. It's whatever. It's gotten better over the years. But this looked like actual weather effects coming through the window. It looked cold. It looked like wind. It looked like the little you know bits of snow maybe or, or, or crystallized ice particles had some weight to them and they would float to the bottom. Like it, it looked very, very good. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of what my favorite part was of the entire thing. Um, it's kind of a change. Well, not, not, oh, that's the wrong word. It's a toss up between the the scene where you walk in and you see that hand sticking out of the wine barrel and you missed it, but I saw it. The hand actually moved. Like I couldn't tell if it was like if, if the, the person inside the, the wine barrel was still alive or maybe it was just like one of those like, you know, uh, random body twitches when a body's already dead and just kind of does this. But like the animation was really good. Like I, it was kind of a bummer that, that you didn't see it. Cause like it's, it's sitting there and you walk in and it totally does this. Huh? And it just, it, it looked really, really fluid. So there was that. Cause I thought, man, like I, I would never have, ex- have it expected. Like I expected chains and the dungeon and a lot of that stuff. It's like, okay, yeah, that that's what, you know, I, I was anticipating. I did not anticipate to see that kind of visual. And I was like, wow, okay, that's, that's creepy in its own way. And it was such a small part. But then the other one that really stood out to me was the ending of the demo. And we were expecting obviously something big to kind of act as like the climax of the demo, but the way that that was done, I thought was awesome. Like, like when, as far as demos are concerned and in terms of the, the storytelling and the presentation, all that, like, I mean, even, even when it did happen, both you and I were very audible. We were just like, Whoa, like, like it was, it was definitely cinematic, uh, a memorable moment there. And the, again, the pacing of it was just really well done. And it left you, I don't know about, about, you know, you, specifically, but like just generally you, uh, wanting more, like, like it said, thank you for, for playing the, the visual showcase, yada, yada. And I was like, Oh man, that was, that was really good. And now I can't wait to, to check it out and see for me, like I've always said, I'm, I'm a late bloomer to the resident evil series. And especially when it comes to these remakes, it's fun because now I get to actually participate in some of them. I still have not beaten resident evil Two remake. I haven't even begun to play resident evil three remake. So I'm like horribly behind in these titles. One of the things that comes to mind, though, is I wonder if Capcom has two different teams that are creating these Resident Evil games, because 
you have Resident Evil 2 remake, you have Resident Evil 3 remake, and I think they've they've actually greenlit a remake for Resident Evil 4. I think they have, yeah. But what's interesting is that they also had Resident Evil uh, Biohazard, which I think was like Resident Evil 7. And that was the first title that was first person. And I wonder if that was a separate team, which is the same team that's working on Resident Evil Village, which is obviously Resident Evil 8, because it has that first person perspective. They are taking very different approaches. If you recall in 7, it did not deal necessarily with zombies per se. It didn't deal with any kind of witches or vampires or werewolves or anything like that. It's more like Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind yeah. of story. Yeah, which again... Is cool. Is really cool. And that is yet another game that I did buy. I do own in my library. I have not gotten around to playing it. So, like, I have all these Resident Evil titles, and I'm, like, sorely behind on all this stuff. Yeah, for some reason, I've plopped over 350 hours into Cyberpunk 2077. I have no idea where <laughs> the logic is in all that. But... Do you think that there are two different teams at Capcom that are working on this? Or do you think it's oh, just, I, I, yeah. is it just one team that is eh. oscillating between the, the two? I don't think so. I, I think there's two different teams. I, I think they are remaking the games to to for the new generation that hasn't had the chance or maybe just missed it because the graphics were so poor as compared to today's standard that uh, they want to they want them to have the same experience. So I think one team is focusing on the remakes. The other team is focusing on the newer titles. Another aspect I was thinking about with regards to this upcoming Resident Evil game is how scary it would be if you played it in virtual reality. Oh yeah. Well that's, yeah, they're going to do. Yeah. Cause like PS five does have support right. for their own version of the headset and everything else. I think that'd be intense. Yeah. One thing I hope they get away from, I, I never really cared for this. It, it worked in the first resident evil and the second, which is all the stuff you have to read. You pick up, you read it. Of course that helps to progress through the game, but this is 2021, and so I don't really need to, to pick up little objects and like, you know, oh, here's a ring that has an eyeball that I have to use on the third floor of the library and the, you know, where it, you know, just to unlock it. Like, a lot of that stuff, I think, has to kind of just to go. Mainly sort of the, the scraps of paper and everything you have to read, because at the end of the, of the game, a lot of that, the majority of that stuff d d bears no weight on the rest of the game and progressing the story. If you're stuck, like, oh, here's the combination to a safe that you got to open. Like, okay, cool, thanks. But, like, you can pick up magazines and newspaper clippings and journal entries and whatnot. And then, yeah, it's, it tells a little spooky story, but I'm kind of, that, that's, a, that's a passe thing, I think, from Resident Evil today. It's weird because I have two thoughts on that. One is, is that it's almost like, that's just a part of the resident evil experience. And because I totally agree, like, like in terms of the manner at which you find these certain items and you pick it up and you see it come up on screen. It, it, I mean, it's, it's really dated in terms of like how it, it's presented, but I almost like it because it's so the resident evil signature when you're playing a game, it's like, I forgive it instantly. Cause it's like, yeah, it's resident evil. Like this is exactly like what, Resident Evil's about, you know, and when it comes like, like the second thought I had was how you have people who play the Resident Evil games. I've, I've, I've seen them on YouTube. Like they are into like all of the lore and the backstories and stuff that like goes way beyond just playing the game. And apparently there's a lot of uh, reading material and paraphernalia and stuff out there that explores more of the resident evil world and the umbrella corporation and so on and so forth. And I've seen these videos where like you have someone who is going through from memory, like all these different things that are happening and how these characters intertwine to each other through the different games and through the comic books and all this other stuff. And so I suspect there are probably a, a significant number of gamers out there who actually really dig that stuff. Like when they come across a piece of parchment and they read it, they're like, Ooh, like this ties into whatever from resident evil five or whatever it is. And um, so I, I think, I think they, they continue to do fan service in that regard. 
there was something else that dropped. Um, it's it's sad, but I feel like it's important to talk about, and that is that the Resident Evil Village actress Jeanette Mouse uh, unfortunately passed away at age 39, way too soon. She um, had an eight-month battle with colon cancer, which sounds awful, and uh, she played several characters, apparently, in Capcom's upcoming Resident Evil game, including one of the witch sisters that makes up uh, the daughters of the house of Dimitrisu. Um, and it was also discovered that she suffered from Crohn's disease and had actually contracted COVID-19 last year. Um, details which were outlined by her fiance, Dusty Warren, in a GoFundMe campaign that was set up to help cover her medical expenses at the time. So apparently she got past that, but the colon cancer unfortunately progressed to a point where uh, she passed away. So uh, we definitely offer condolences to her fiance as well as her family as a result of that. And, and um, uh, it's, it's always heartbreaking in the gaming community when you hear about stuff like this um, and the, and voice actors are such an integral part of the gaming experience, especially like as gaming has matured and, and the, the hardware and technology has gotten more sophisticated to allow for better production values. And as we both know, going through games that have terrific voiceovers, it, it really does take the experience to a whole new level. And so um, definitely wanted to, to just make that known. And I think it's going to it's going to have a, a, a another level of significance for um, fans of the Resident Evil series as they play this game. And I know that it, um, both you and I, Steve, are going to be looking forward to hearing her performance in something like this. That, that'll live in infamy for sure. Looking at the game as a whole, um, are like how how excited are you to play the full game on a scale of one to ten? Ten. Real okay. He's he's up there. He just he said ten. <laughs> I don't have to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I'm totally stoked. I mean, this is this is what I have been waiting for for next gen, and this is everything. Uh, what the demo showed is everything I want it to be. Minus, you know, of course, the weapons. We haven't seen anything with the weapons, but how the sound looked, how everything, or how the sound, how the, how sound, the sound looked, how the how the visuals were heard. That reminds me of Ghostbusters <laughs> when Ray, remember in the library scene, Ray Stance is like, quiet, you smell something? <laughs> Jeez. Um, no, so, I mean, it, the, the sound was was great. Everything looked phenomenal. Like, I, I, I want to play that game. For sure. If I don't get a next gen system on my birthday, I'm definitely picking one up for Resident Evil 8. So my follow-up question then is you, what's that, Rose? If you're that jazzed for this particular Resident Evil title, why have you not played Resident Evil 7? Because it is first person. Um, granted the, the the setting is different than this one here, but but what is it about um, eight that, uh, that has really caught your um, attention? You know, when I played the demo for eight, it seemed like it's it seemed like it was t still with the zombies. Um, Are you talking about seven? Seven. Yeah. I mean, I was shooting at zombies, and there were some other creatures down there that looked very reminiscent to the other Resident Evil games, and yeah, it looked different. It just wasn't enough to really jazz me. Okay. Um, there's something about like the nine, you know, 1950s that I really like. There's, you know, all the the models with these mystic, you know, vampires or, or you know, whatever they are. Uh, I think is an awesome change of pace. And I mean, there, there's just more to like about this than I saw in Resident Evil Seven. Right on. That's totally fair. And I understand because like, I mean, I still want to play Resident Evil seven just to have that experience because I've seen nothing but good things about it, but there is something about the, the Resident Evil village. that also captures my attention. And I think it's very similar to what you just said, which is the, the, the time period that it's set in and the different types of, of supernatural creatures that you're combating, I think is very, I, I've always had a fascination with, with all of that. And so I think it's going to be a lot of fun to be able to explore what this um, iteration has to offer in terms of all that, as well as like some of the, the older characters that we've seen from previous Resident Evil games 
Um, they're going to be making certain cameos and whatnot in this type of world that is resident evil. So I will be picking it up myself um, and hopefully actually play this one um, as opposed to the other ones, which I mean, obviously I'm going to get to at some point in time, but I do think that this is going to be a game that will probably be pretty high on both of our lists. As we go through 2021, it might be one of our favorite games of the year. We'll have to see how it goes, but kudos to Capcom for a really well done demo. It's been a long time, honestly, since I've played a demo that was that good. And most demos you play, you just kind of get an idea. You're like, okay, whatever. You don't really get like crazy excited for it. And and this one, I think really left an impression on both of us, which is kind of odd because it was so short. Well, yeah, it actually, it was so like, like your playthrough was 34 minutes which to me, like that's a perfect amount of time for, I mean, remember it's a demo. It's not a full game. It's, it's, it's designed to give you a taste. And I love how it was, it was just enough to like, here's like a little teaser right now. Wait for the full game. Like I, I think it would be a disservice almost if they would have had a demo that was longer. Like if they had an hour long demo or something, it's not necessary. Like, like the, the, the that, that demo served its purpose. And I think it's great. That, but that's just one man's opinion. <laughs> that wraps up this episode of Joycast. Make sure you tune in next week. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm, which is spelled J-O-Y-G-A-S-M, and consider becoming a monthly contributor. You'll get exclusive perks and early access to the show, not to mention it really helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. Take care, everybody. We will see you next week.